0: Good morning as we gather here this Tuesday in the second week of Lent. We have this teaching from Jesus. In fact, it's the 22nd and 23rd chapters of Matthew where we encounter our Lord's strongest rebukes against those in His company in His three years of public ministry. And the the word, perhaps the central word one can find in different, different aspects of study would be this Humility. this notion of being humbled, choosing humility over arrogance, because it's the scribes and Pharisees that he, with whom he has the most severe discontent, our Lord. And this known, this 23rd chapter is known as the seven woes. Seven times he says to them, woe to you, Pharisees, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He says that, then he gives a description of the hypocrisy in which they live, the same Gospel writer, Matthew, back in his fifth chapter, offers us in the fifth chapter the Beatitudes, and the first of which is humility. Blessed are they who are poor in spirit, those who are subdued and view themselves as imperfect and, and are very aware, self-aware of their own many transgressions. And it's the Pharisees and scribes with whom he has the greatest discontent, our Lord, in fact, he's condemning them there in this life, right now in this life, he's saying, you are done for you are condemned because he knows the condition of their heart. The Pharisees, some of whom were of the priestly class, but not most, the vast majority were self-elevated religious authorities who governed the Jewish population through the application and administration of law. These many laws you've heard about described, these 600 plus laws that had been added to the Deuteronomic Code, the Mosaic Law, and they were hypocrites because they demanded of others that which they would not do themselves. And they would hold people to account and publicly shame them for failure to adhere to some pecune law that they had derived or they have described. The length of one's tassel on their prayer shawl was a, a unit of measure. And if it was not of the right increment as deemed by that Pharisee, that person could be shamed or refused entry into the temple. And so the, the Lord is very hard against these Hard men, because their hearts are stone. And they he says, you know, do what they teach, don't do what they do. It's a very important opening to this particular chapter. The scribes and Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it. But don't do what they do, because they don't practice what they teach. He gives that further analogy. They tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry, and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. I'm reminded when I read this particular gospel narrative of a, a, a scene. This is from <clears throat> the Indiana Jones franchise. It's the last crusade. I don't know where the scene takes place. It's somewhere in the mid-eastern desert. I can assume near Petra in Syria, because other parts of that movie play out there. And the, Indiana, the character Indiana Jones has entered into this cave. He's seeking the He's seeking the chalice of Christ, that's buried in this inner chamber somewhere. And as he's made his way into this cave, there's a series of booby traps that spring out from the walls and, and stop any person who would try to find entry into this secret place. And there's one of this booby traps where uh, there's a wind that appears in the cave and blows subtly. You see the cobwebs moving and shimmering, and it's called the Breath of God. And there's a man who goes before Indiana Jones and he stands there as that wind appears, that slight breath, He stands there. And then this big saw blade you can imagine from a lumber mill comes out of the wall and that guy's immediately dispatched. But Indiana Jones, the character, breath of God. So he thinks he's a wise man. So he, he, he knows, oh, breath of God. So he immediately bows down and the saw blade comes out of the wall and passes over his head, he's unscathed. And it's humility before the Lord. Now that's cinema, that's a silly example in cinema, but it's, it's an appropriate analogy for our minds. The breath of God is him speaking to us all the time through the word, through the sacramental life of the church. We encounter the breath of God all the time. And our proper posture is one of recognizing we are imperfect, that we ourselves carry many faults within us. So beautifully in the Catholic Rite of Mass, we begin with the penitential act every time. We acknowledge that joyfully we gather, but we recognize our own inadequacy in our presence, that we are unfit to be in the presence of God, yet here he is. So here, beautifully so in the season of Lent, this is a time of renewal, this is a time of quiet, this is a time of imposing limits in our life to slow us down, bring us into a reflective state of mind, let us take this gospel message today, woe to you, and we can apply that woe. We may not have lived the life of these Pharisees. We may not do some of those things that that they are accused of here for what they have been doing, but we can find certainly cases in our life where we have adopted a position of arrogance, where we've passed judgment on another, where we've said some things about another or to another. We've We've brought correction to another that we felt necessary for us to bring correction to. It's appropriate for parents in formation to bring correction to their children. That's true. It's appropriate in certain uh, societal contexts, the military. It's appropriate for seniors in the military to bring correction to young troops in formation. That's appropriate. There's settings for that. But we have to be very careful in our relationships with peers on when we feel compelled to bring correction. We have to be careful in that because we may not be the one qualified to bring that correction. Our observation may be true, but we may lack personal credibility in bringing the correction. We don't have to search very far in our national discourses for examples now constantly that appear where some individual of public notoriety has operated from some position of arrogance, and then not many weeks or months pass, and some great transgression is found and highlighted that says, wait a minute, you were so confident and arrogant and speaking out against these other people and what they may have done, but you yourself are obviously the fool. You yourself are exposed for being inadequate in your role in leadership. It's a reminder to all of us that we should walk as we learn in the Beatitudes, be poor in spirit, be humble, walk before the breath of God, constantly reminded of our inadequacy of ourselves, but our complete adequacy through Christ who lives within us. God bless.